Anatoly Moskvin dug children up from their graves and turned them into porcelain dolls because he thought that his supposed ability to communicate with the dead was allowing him to hear these children calling for help. That's a pretty serious claim, and his only proof was the alleged death of 11-year-old Natasha Petrova. We found out some interesting things over the course of this season. First of all, it's much to your pleasure, I would say, it's highly unlikely that a religious sect was allowed to function in Russia in 1979 due to the Soviet Union being an atheist state. It doesn't mean that it's impossible, it just makes it a little more unlikely. Difficult. Difficult, yeah. Without being killed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? This leaves us with one trail to follow. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Haunted Detective Podcast. I'm your favorite paranormal believer, Kelsey Childs, but everyone calls me the paranormal Sherlock Holmes. Nope, no one does that. Literally five people did it last week, okay? Okay, well, we'll see. Okay? We'll see. I got, I got called it. We'll see. Can someone in the background call me the paranormal Sherlock Holmes? Just be like, hey, look, it's the paranormal, Nicole, it's up to you. Don't feed the delusions. <laughs> I want to feed the delusions. <laughs> I need to feed the del- someone say it, Jackson. Just be like, hey, hey, look, it's the paranormal Sherlock Holmes. Hey, look, it's the paranormal Sherlock Holmes. See, okay. what did I tell you? All right. <laughs> <laughs> and with me is my favorite skeptic and slightly scaredy cat, Griff. No, I'm extremely scared. That's kind of my bag. Yeah. I'm afraid of everything. Yes. Everything horrifies and terrifies me. Yes. I do not like most things because they cause me fear. Especially the concept of living. Mm, especially that. Yeah. Well, let's open the case file on episode six of The Haunted Detective. From a young age, it was apparent that Anatoly was not like other kids. He was extremely smart, genius level, and spent most of his time alone and isolated from his peers. Mm, Relatable. (laughs) His parents didn't think anything of this and attributed his lack of friends to his intelligence. Relatable. Yeah. Mm. Are you calling yourself a self-proclaimed genius? Oh, I thought you said lack of intelligence. My no, bad. no, no. <laughs> no, to his intelligence. Ah, uh, not relatable. Okay, cool. Same. <laughs> and they were rather proud of it. That's also not relatable. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to have a parent proud of me. <laughs> he would spend his time reading and even taught himself how to speak various different languages. What they didn't know was that there was a much darker reason that Anatoly avoided people. And I'm going to say this overall, because this is a very sensitive topic for a lot of people. Trigger warning. He had been sexually assaulted at the age of nine years old and was too scared to tell anyone. He was walking home from school when a man grabbed him and dragged him off the street to do horrible things to him. Mm. At this point, he grew angry and violent and often had outbursts for seemingly no reason. His parents turned a blind eye and decided to let Anatoly sort out his own emotions. Yeah, like you do. Yeah. Kids raise themselves. Yeah, absolutely. It was a different time. It was the 80s. Like, sit down, shut up, and grow up. It was the 80s, right? The 70s. The 70s. 60s. 60s? Yeah. Which one? All of them. (laughs) No, which one? It was the 1960s. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Of course, leaving a young boy to sort out his own emotions is definitely not the answer, but things were very different in the 1960s. Especially in Russia. Especially in Russia. Especially in Russia. It was Russia. basically the 30s in Russia. It's basically the 1800s. It's like the 80s in Russia now. Yeah. So I would. Do the I math. would honestly say it's like they're still in the Cold War. <laughs> well, it's just a new one. <laughs> yeah, the new, new Cold War. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because the last one was a new Cold War. So yeah. now we're triple new. Double like, new. Yeah, Nuevo Cold War is what we're going to call it. It's a little frosty over there. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but to make matters worse, when we look at these behaviors that he displayed from a young age, it is clear that he was suffering from something known as schizotypal personality disorder. This is a predecessor to full-blown schizophrenia. The Mayo Clinic, with the help of the DSM-5, the Diagnostic Systems Manual, mm. which, by the way, that's like my, for three years running, I have like a three-year streak on this. Mm -hmm. Amazon has recommended the DSM-5 as like my top book. Like, well, it knows that you're scholarly. I think it knows that I'm crazy. It knows that you're a scholar. <laughs> it's like, hey, bitch, you're like so crazy. You need to buy this. And like fix yourself because no therapist is gonna help you. I'm just like a student of life. I'm a I'm a student. I like learning. So the DSM-5 describes it as such: people with schizotypal personality disorder are often described as odd or eccentric, and usually have few, if any, close relationships. They generally don't understand how relationships form or the impact of their behavior on others. They may also misinterpret others' motivations and behaviors and develop significant distrust of others. These problems may lead to severe anxiety and a tendency to avoid social situations, as a person with schizotypal personality disorder tends to hold peculiar beliefs and may have difficulty with responding appropriately to social cues. Damn. Just like me for real. Even though the that two feels are... like a precursor to a lot of stuff in the DSM, though. That feels really vague and open. The DSM is generally vague and open. Yeah, it feels like a choose-your-own-adventure where everyone starts on the same page and then you get to go branch out. Yeah, yeah, you like... <laughs> you get the class. The you get family the tree of mental illness. Yeah, no, you, just, you choose a subclass and then you get to choose like a perk and then you can multi-class and then um, sometimes you can just like spec yourself so poorly. <laughs> are we talking about Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, I'm talking about illness? Dungeons and Dragons and mental illness. That's, like, a pretty neat comparison. Well, that's just, like, playing Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. 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 It's a symptom. It's like playing my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, we could use a bard up in here. That'd be kind of cool. I need some inspiration. I need some musical... Like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Continuing on. <laughs> you know, iambic pentameter. I could use that right now. The what? Nothing. <laughs> I just need a metronome. I run with a metronome. On that's it. crazy. I am crazy. I literally just said that. No, but that's like actually unhinged. You just run with the sound of a metronome and nothing else. Because one eighty BPM is like the cadence you're supposed to. It's, I heard that one sixty yeah. is no recommended. One eighty. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's okay. You're wrong. You, you could just find a playlist of songs that are one hundred and eighty BPM. And so they're just the echoes of a metronome. You know, it's fine. Let's continue. You didn't believe me when I said it was crazy. It's not, it's crazy. I, I'm... It's not that I didn't believe you. I didn't want that to be the truth. I'm running. <laughs> when I run, I'm waiting for the sweet release of death. Mm. Why do you think I run such far distances? I mean, that's how I feel about running in general. I would rather have that than run ever. Fair. <laughs> Even though the two are linked, there is a very clear distinction between schizotypal and schizophrenia. Again, I'm going to directly quote the Mayo Clinic. Because we love the Mayo Clinic. They're reliable. They're a reliable source. Schizotypal personality disorder can easily be confused with schizophrenia, a severe mental illness in which people lose contact with reality, aka psychosis. 
While people with schizotypal personality disorder may experience brief psychotic episodes with delusions or hallucinations, the episodes are not as frequent, prolonged, or intense as schizophrenia. Yeah. Okay. So it's like diet, like zero, like like Coke Zero for schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say Same that. Same amount of carbonation, but none of the calories. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just as spicy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Makes you burp. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, have you ever found that, like, Coke Zero makes you burp more than regular Coke? I'm not a burper in general. You can't, like, force your... You can't no. burp on I just keep that shit to myself. I can burp on command. I keep that shit to myself. Oh, fair. I don't burp, actually. <laughs> well, obviously. Uh, I've never cool. burped a day in my life. Never farted, never burped, never pooped, never I didn't never say peed. that. <laughs> <laughs> With this in mind... It is very possible that Anatoly's encounter with this illegal religious sect may be nothing short of a delusion, triggered by the trauma of being sexually assaulted and forced to handle it on his own. Mm. It makes me wonder if the funeral did in fact happen with Anatoly present, but it was nothing more than a typical session of mourning. Oh, yeah. It could have been like a delusion. Yeah, a hallucination, something like that. Mm. A way to like make him not... You, you know that whole, there's a whole theory with kids who get sexually assaulted by a parental figure mm. is that they don't actually see, they don't remember mm-hmm. this guardian figure doing this to them. Instead, mm. they see a ghost or they see like some sort of demonic being because it's the way for their brain to compartmentalize yeah. having been betrayed in such a profound way. Yeah. So, like, a lot of kids that are like, oh, mommy, daddy, my house are haunted. My house is haunted. Gotta, gotta dig a little deeper than that. Mm. So, I think that that's... It, it's just, it's an interesting thing to, like, compare to, like, Anatoly might have made up this funeral in order to settle his mind over his trauma. Right. Not make it up, but... Embellished. Hallucinate. Hallucinate. Because I don't want to sit here and state this as a fact, but as, like, another avenue of explaining what might have happened also just because it could have been a delusion doesn't mean that it wasn't very real to him Mm -hmm. people who have delusions or hallucinations experience them in a way that makes these events very very real Mm. if this were the case it definitely seems plainly unfair to say that this was all fake per se because in anatoly's mind it was It was actually happening and extremely terrifying. It did lead to his future actions, and while it is not an excuse, it can act as an explanation. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so I think, like, for a long time as a society, we kind of just collectively was like, you have schizophrenia, you're crazy. Yeah. You're not experiencing the world correctly. But, like, to their brain that was the world that uh-huh. is the world and it's a very it's a very terrifying thing i've known a couple people who have struggled with schizophrenia mm-hmm. it's just it's it's hard to deal with because hallucinations are so real yeah like it's happening to you yeah even if other people can't see it so to those of you listening we're not saying that anatoly is crazy we're not saying that people who suffer from prolonged mental illness are crazy they just experience the world in a different way and We need to be understanding and empathetic to that fact, especially while listening to this episode and while talking about this. Right. Moving on. Now that we got real deep over here. (laughs) (laughs) 
To support this growing stack of evidence, we need to dive deeper into Anatoly's past to see where a complicated delusion turned into a crime. Okay. Again, he spent his time isolated with his nose in a book and was completely taken by his studies. He didn't have friends, date, or experience any sort of social life. Mm. Although apparently he's in like a mental institution for the rest of his life. He's been trying to get out of this institution for a while now with the help of his doctors. And he has a girlfriend and he wants to marry her. That's why he wants to get out. Good for him. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Oh my God. Good for him. Uh, he lived at home with his parents and they too avoided him, spending most of their time traveling. They were great parents. Were they? They, they lived with human dolls for like a decade and yeah. had no idea. No. They, yeah, they kind of seem like, you know, not the most observant parents. They were like, wow. They're very cartoon parents and that they're never there. Oh, like the fairly odd parents parents? No, they were mostly around. No, more like cartoon parents and that it's like, it's like you see the car and you see the car t- leave the driveway and nothing more. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or just like the feet and that's it. Exactly. I, they really sat there and was like, Wow. Our son is so weird. We're just going to avoid him. Well, they were like, yeah, he's smart. He's got it. He'll take care of it. He's fine. He can do it. How many books he has? Yeah, he has 60,000 books in his personal library. He wrote a dictionary. He's fine. All of his books were on the topic of death and related study points. Yeah, because that's his hyperfixation. He's fine. He's good. He's we're good. just going to go to gonna Cabo. fuck off to Croatia or yeah, something. Yeah, we're going to go to Cabo. It's fine. <laughs> we're we're going to leave. They're in Tulum. <laughs> Um, so, Tulum's the funniest destination. I don't know. It's so expensive. I would never go. They charge you for like every grain of salt that's on your food. That's well. I would never go. I'm gay. I go to Puerto Vallarta, so. Fair. Fair. You're gay? No. I had no idea. Not. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never been to a gay bar with you in my life. I made that up, actually. (laughs) Seeking attention. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Uh, I would like to I apologize. I won't. <laughs> I would like to apologize. Keep going. <laughs> but that is a fact. Mm. He had sixty thousand books in his personal library. That's so many. Get a Kindle. I don't know how he fit. It's the 1960s. Get a no, at this point, it's like the 1970s get or a, 80s. It, okay. There are no Kindles. Get a, Kindle, get a Nook. <laughs> it's wasteful. So many trees. He was also described as being an eccentric genius who spoke 13 different languages okay. and had many popular academic papers and works published. This included dictionaries and textbooks. So he's just like a hoarder of like thi- like. Information. Yeah. Order of knowledge. Yeah. And bodies. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's true. He was considered an expert in all things related to death and was often asked to contribute in any academic research effort or paper related to the study point. Sorry, I just had an insane thought. <laughs> Please be my guest. If he was an animal, he'd be an owl. <laughs> Because you think of an owl, what? owls, because of like our like in our culture, like an owl is like a smart animal yeah, for whatever uh-huh. reason. They like symbolize like knowledge and stuff, yeah, and like they... knowing things. And they're nocturnal. And when they eat stuff, they shit out a full skeleton of it. And that feels like the bodies to me. 
owls are smart, but they still can't figure out how to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. No, they do. They bite. They figure it out quicker than us. That's why they're smart. I thought the boy was the one who bit it. No, the owl bites it. The boy is like, hey, Mr. Owl, how many weeks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? And he's like, let's find out. A one, a two, a three. And then he bites it because he's fucking smart. You know what? You're right. (laughs) And that kid's an idiot. And his butt looks weird. And no one ever talks about it. Why'd they draw that kid like that? <laughs> anyway, he would be an owl. Fair. Yeah. Fair. But okay, so to expand onto this idea of him being an, an expert. Oh. Oh no. <laughs> an expert in all things related to death. He also called himself a necropolist, which categorized him as an expert on cemeteries and the dead, which to rewind to episode one. This is how he found himself wandering cemeteries. Sure. Because someone hired him to analog and, like, research and just do stuff with all of the cemeteries in Nizhny Novgorod. They were writing a book on it. Do cemeteries have, like, a turnover rate? Is what? Do cemeteries have, like, a turnover rate? What the fuck do you mean by that? Do you get, like, is it like a lease? No. Like, how many generations out till they move you? I don't think they do. They don't? No. How have we not Unless run out of space Orleans. yet? Well, we keep building more cemeteries. Hmm. Okay. I'm pretty sure, um, just like thinking about it, cemeteries hold so many unmarked graves mm-hmm. that like they're probably bodies stacked, you know? Like a compartment of bodies. Hmm. Gross. Gross. Disgusting. Unless you do it intentionally, then that's just like a mausoleum. Anyway. <laughs> At some point in his college life, he became involved with a secret society that practiced paganism and other occult studies. It's just college. Just college. That's yeah. just college. Yeah, secret societies. That's I, just I was, college. I was in seven. <laughs> That's just college. I dropped out of college. I didn't. <laughs> this is where he would become a self-proclaimed expert in necromancy and all things related to it. He told his peers about Natasha, and they were disappointed that he sent her away instead of learning the magic she had to teach him. Some remarked that he had special abilities that allowed him to commune with the dead. Anatoly remarks on this by saying, quote, I regretted that I had not taken advantage of the esoteric knowledge that could have been easily given to me in my childhood. End quote. End quote. It's got big. Uh, it's, this feels like the... This feels like the magic version of, like, no, I swear I have a girlfriend. She just goes to a different school. You don't know her. No, I swear to God, she's, no, she's attached to me, but, like, I didn't get magic from her, but, like, that's not, like, she's real, I swear. Like, that's what it feels like. I, like, um, Loki. <laughs> okay, so I dated a guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Shocking. A, a powerlifter. <laughs> a powerlifter. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to this guy. If he listens to this, he'll know who he is, and all of his friends will, too. Um, but he he did that. Like, in his adult years, he texted, they were at a powerlifting meet, and he texted the group chat of all of his friends and was like, guys, I just had sex. You wouldn't know her. She's at a different meet. Yeah, exactly. That's No, that's literally what he did. She goes to a different gym. She lives in a different state. She's really hot, though. And they were like, why are you telling me this? That's what? so weird. That's so funny. There are 20 people in this group chat. Why? <laughs> what are you doing? See, one of his boys to know. Yeah. So now you gotta let the boys know. I think it was What's his up? hand. <laughs> shout out to that guy how's his hand in a different state though all right yeah anyways <laughs> now the pieces are beginning to fit it is clear that his studies furthered his interest and obsession with the dark and macabre along with that his schizotypal or what 
we're, I guess, assuming because we can't diagnose him as <laughs> such, personality disorder did not get better. Instead, it persisted through to his college years and beyond that as well. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. When Anatoly was arrested, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. This is a mental disorder that, again, quoting the Mayo Clinic, causes people to interpret reality abnormally. It is cited similarly in the DSM. I love the DSM. I love it so much. It's like my textbook. What What do you think, like, if I brought a guy home mm-hmm. and, like, I just had all versions of the DSM stacked on my coffee table, mm-hmm. do you think they would... I think like, you're a scholar. Oh. Yeah. I should do that. You, you just think you're very studious. You think that you're trying to write six. <laughs> hey, mom, if you're listening... Get me a DSM-5 for Christmas. I'm Jewish, but do it. Is it expensive? Yeah, it's like $300. Oh, because it's a textbook? Yeah. Stupid. These abnormalities can lead to hallucinations, antisocial behaviors, and even fully-fledged delusions when it comes to one's sense of self or perception of reality. It is a very serious diagnosis, and there are little to no treatment methods for the disorder that don't come with major side effects. So, like, all of the medications that are proven to work turn people into a robot yeah they mess up your other stuff they fuck up your frontal lobe yeah but then also at the same time frontal lobe injuries can also cause schizophrenia yeah it's not like a proven scientific fact no, but it, like it happens for it happens, sure yeah we know it happens so like when was your frontal lobe injury very young yeah yeah not serial killer young though mm. but young i was enough. actually thrown off a giant like horse when i was three. Oh, do you think that's why you can talk to ghosts now i think so oh, yeah. fucked up so fucked up fucked up if true yeah <laughs> big if true my mom also fell when she was pregnant with me oh yeah you think that's why you can talk to ghosts now and then i was shoved off a bed when i was like five and oh. hit my head you think it's because you fell off the horse you know what i think i'm just um clumsy? tragically unlucky yeah oh. clumsy you know like all those teen fantasy novels where they're like <laughs> and the main character was so clumsy she fell all the time yeah was it you yeah I'm a main character. I'm not. I'm the slightly inappropriate comedic relief. I'm ethnic friend. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Anatoly has since been placed in a mental institution and will remain there for the foreseeable future. Good. <laughs> Even though his doctors are like, no, he's cured. He can go. I don't he, know about that. He wants to be a tutor for language. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know he, about he that. He do that from there. How about that? We have Zoom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we discuss Anatoly more, I wanted to bring some other points to the table. It's interesting that some people who hear voices attribute that to mediumship or necromantic abilities, while others go seek help for auditory hallucinations. Anatoly obviously knew about the occult before these events took place. He did not attribute his dreams of Natasha to actually having some sort of ability. It took someone in his practice to point it out to him. Recent studies have attempted keyword attempted Mm -hmm. to prove that a high percentage of spiritualists can be debunked by science as having given into peer pressure and the influences around them okay do it you won't see a ghost right now (laughs) see it hear it touch its boobs you wouldn't download a ghost would you (laughs) (laughs) would you have sex with a ghost yes oh there's no peer pressure to be had then no okay There was a study done by Dr. Adam J. Powell called the Hearing Voices Project. He set out to explain mediumship and spiritualist abilities with science. For clarification, a medium is someone who can communicate with the dead using all senses. And they're from Long Island. Sometimes. Usually. Yeah. Long Island medium. Yeah. Yep. 
I thought you were going to say something. He just stared at me. <laughs> I was waiting for you to reply. What the fuck? Listen, I was going to say something, and uh-huh. then I just kind of, like, my brain just went... Okay. <laughs> a clairaudient can only hear them, clairvoyance can see them, and clairsentience can sense or feel them. Oh. So, like, have the boob, mm. ghost boob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But only if you're clairsentient. Listen, I'm very straight. I wish I wasn't, but I am. It mm-hmm. shows that, like, if I'm attracted to men, then it proves that sexuality is not a choice. Mm. But, like, I think boobs are nice. Sure. I don't care for them. Oh. Really? Yeah. It's not my thing. Hmm. I'm not bidding. You want to be straight and I'll be gay and we can switch? Absolutely not. Oh. I, absolutely not. <laughs> the scientists involved in the study surveyed 65 player audience from an organization called the Spiritualist National Union, mm-hmm. which has 11,000 members, and had 143 other randomly selected clairaudience. Okay. They discovered that these people have a personality trait called absorption. Okay. This is supposed to mean, or modern psychology, psychiatry, whatever, claims that this means that they often have avid imaginations that pull them in more than the average person this can result in excessive daydreaming or even worse so like if you're very stuck in your head yeah and you're like way too visual in your head and you lose track of like what's happening around you Mm. you supposedly apparently allegedly have absorption okay so they found out tried to find out that every clear audience had a serious case of absorption okay my question is how are these scientists deducing this? Yeah, I want to know that, actually. Yeah. To bring it back to my favorite piece of literature, uh-huh. the DSM-5. Okay. Absorption is Can not... Are they sponsoring this episode? <laughs> they should. <laughs> they should. Um, absorption is not in it. And the Diagnostic Systems Manual, if you can't breach this from the... If you can't tell this from the, what it's called... It's used as the official diagnostic source for all mental health-related issues by professionals around the world. Mm. If it's not in the DSM-5, that means there is no official or ethical manner of diagnosis for absorption. It is odd to me that they deduce this through a survey. Diagnosing someone with a mental health-related struggle is a very serious thing to do and should only be handled in a contained environment by trained professionals. Basically, you can't ethically diagnose someone through a survey. Yeah, I was like, I feel like a self-report is not like a very valid way yeah, it's to like, do that. I want to know what the survey said because it wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. It was like, do you daydream? Yes. Do you have an imagination? Yes. You ever feel spooky? Uh. Yeah, sometimes I hear dead people. Crazy! And we got it. No, that's just... Crazy! That's just absorption. Fucking crazy! Nah, that's just absorption. A little bit of absorption. Yeah. Yeah. Easy, easy to diagnose for yeah. sure. Please don't include my screaming in there. <laughs> Not leave it. It is extremely difficult to establish a diagnosis through a survey as there are many confounding variables that may not have been accounted for. Mm-hmm. Like how much sleep, how much caffeine, um, who are they around? Lines. Yeah. Like cocaine? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. This does offer an explanation as to why his fascination with Natasha and ghosts expanded as the years went on. So I put this in here because, mm. um, well, this is a very clear and defined instance where science tried to say people who see ghosts don't really see ghosts. They have peer pressure problems and absorption, and it's just plainly a terrible study. Yeah, I don't think I could be peer pressured into seeing a ghost. See it right now. No. Right now. No. Do it. you won't. No. Do me a little bitch. No. I know that's how Armando, shout out to that guy. 
uh, peer pressures people. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. You can also do it to him. Like if you just say it like three times, you say you won't do it like three times. He'll probably just do it. Yeah, but he probably just does everything. No, but like if he actually doesn't want to do it, if you just go like, okay, pussy, he'll he'll do it. I feel like that's true for most men. Yeah, but especially him. Oh, mm. that's good to know. I'm gonna put that in my arsenal of ways to get Armando to do things. <laughs> I mean, it can offer an explanation as to why Anatoly's fascination grew as the mm. years went on, because people who have schizophrenia, schizotypal, bipolar, those prolonged mental health struggles are known to have higher levels of absorption. Mm. People with trauma, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Uh, sometimes I read and then I forget where I am. That's just a human condition. <laughs> Escapism. <laughs> But in fewer words, Anatoly was not always a criminal. He was once a young boy who suffered from a complex mental illness and received no help or counseling for his problems. And that's a bummer. So something that has seriously piqued my interest while researching Anatoly is the correlation between a genius level mind and schizophrenia. Like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Probably the schizophrenia. Maybe. But like, are they, do they go hand in hand? Probably. Mm, probably. I don't know. It's like one of those things. It's like if you're too smart, you just get depressed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know too much. So have you ever seen the movie A Beautiful Mind? No. Okay. So the topic is John Nash. Okay. And I want to talk about him. Okay. He was basically a genius who went cuckoo. Cuckoo bananas? Is that what you're going to say? Cuckoo bananas, yeah. Over, one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Is that yes. what you're going to say? Yes. Is he, were you going to say, were you going to say that he... You guys see one cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yes, what were you gonna say? Yeah, cuckoo for cocoa. What did you write down? None of that. Oh. Yeah. I, what well. I wrote down was to explore this further. I wanted to talk about John Nash, but I figured that was a little boring. Mm. And John Nash deserves a better intro. Who is he? What did he do? What did he? What did he find? So let's start from the beginning. Okay. Nash was born in 1928 in Bluefield, West Virginia, and was by all means a normal kid. He was described as awkward but not a loner, and bright but not a prodigy. Nash also loved a good prank. He committed to the bit. Oh my god, this episode is like all about Armando. I know, it's so weird. Um, And even went as far as to experiment with making bombs using homemade gunpowder with his friends. We've all made bombs as kids. And unfortunately, one of his friends accidentally blew himself up. We've all accidentally uh, butterfly affected our friends. Yeah. 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 Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought about. (laughs) The the bomb in the mailbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cherry bomb in the mailbox. Yeah, we've all done that. Yeah. 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 Listen, I'm already on some... Statue like, of Limitations is off. We've all done that. Hold on, hold on. Like, side note, um, with Mike, I'm, like, on some watch list because of, like, how much Russian stuff I Googled. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to be on another watch list. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Imagine, like, this episode releases, and then every time I go through the airport and check a bag, my stuff is rummaged through by TSA. Mine is every single time. I don't know what I did, though. I have Delta Clear, and it's always a random selection when you go through, but if they have to, like, pull you to the side, and I get randomly selected every time I fly. It's because you're gay. So, um, I'm actually not gay. Uh, huh. So, it's, <laughs> it's for clout. Um, so, <laughs> I, I think I, I gotta be on something for something, and I think it's because once a week I do tweet at the governor of Texas to meet me in the H-E-B Mueller parking lot of Fisticuffs. <laughs> Um, he would just wheel over there and you'd just well, kick I him throw over. some gravel down, yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, so that might be it. 
um, or it's something else I've done. Who knows? My brother-in-law gets that every single time, but that's because he was in the military mm. and we don't respect our veterans. Mm. So, Mondo has been reached out to by federal services several times for the things that he has Googled for his cult podcast. He was, really? Yeah, he was staying at a friend's house, and uh, they pulled up by their house and was like, "Hey, is this man here?" And they like interrogated him because they thought he was like, he like uh, he was talking to. It was something about it was a cult leader, and I think he talked to that cult leader's like lawyer or the prosecutor or something, and was asking like a bunch of questions, and then like was reaching out to like other people involved around like some case around this cult, and like was doing a lot of research on it and he got like fbi to like they, like showed up to like be like why are you doing this <laughs> you should ask him about it i haven't i haven't gotten that but i will say that i went on to the russian google oh rt yeah yeah and um and looked up cemetery plots mm-hmm. to try and find natasha petrova's grave i'm sure it'll be fine <laughs> i'm not so sure about that is it called rugel Actually, the uh, I, thank you. When I worked at Rooster Teeth, I got in trouble. Christian got mad at me. Shout out to that guy, um, because the the Department of Defense in Texas wanted to interview me about a friend that um, that was joining a top secret branch of the Marines. Should we be talking about this? Yeah, yeah. They interview everyone when people join top secret stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, he also got that too. He got. He had to go talk to the government because uh, one of his like bosses was trying to get uh, his his clearance back again, yeah. and they were like, "Well, you seem suspicious. <laughs> what business did you guys do together?" <laughs> so yeah, that seems vaguely racist. Yeah, it mm. was. Yeah, <clears throat> well, this guy wanted to show up at stage four, and I I slacked Christian. I was like, "Hey, the DOD wants to come talk to me," and he was like, "What? We have dicks everywhere. Can he not?" <laughs> Yeah, he was like, this is not appropriate work behavior, Kelsey. I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's the government. I don't want to say no to Yeah, them. the government asked, and I kind of have to listen. Uh, but anyways, hi, Christian. How are you? <laughs> By the age of 13, Nash became invested in the book Men of Mathematics. Because women... Can't do math. Yeah. We're not good for anything. No. Good for nothing. Piece of shit woman. <laughs> this yeah. would kickstart his passion and therefore career. Throughout the next couple of decades, Nash became well-versed in chemical engineering, chemistry, and math. While studying at Princeton, he earned his doctorate through his creation of the non-cooperative games. What's that? I'm so glad you asked because oh. it took me three hours to the... break that down in an understandable way last night. It's a non-co-op. It's the opposite of a co-op. Is it a single player? Can you ask me a little louder? Is it a single player game? <laughs> so, okay. Here's the thing. I'm very stupid with math. Okay. I'm Same. I fit the stigma. I got excused from it in college because I have something Jesus. called dyscalculia. Oh, just like Liberty and Degrassi. I never saw Degrassi. Well, there's a character named Liberty and she's the smartest girl in school, but she's math is hard for her because yeah. she has dyscalculia, which is like dyslexia for numbers is mm-hmm. what she says. And then but the plot of the episode is that she's getting uh tutored uh on the side, but everyone's like she's the smartest girl in school. That she doesn't need tutoring. They think she's fucking the teacher. <gasps> But she just has this calculia. Oh, hmm. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Um. Well, so I was gonna go to community college here. Uh huh. 
in Texas, mm-hmm. but Texas is like full of discrimination. Eh. What? I've never. What? No. No. No way. They uh they have something called the Texas Success Indicator Test. Okay. And you have to test in math, English, and reading. I want to take it. And um, they told me that I can't enroll until I take it in math because I don't have any math credits. And I was like, my guy, I'm 25 years old. I have not taken a math course since I was like 17. <laughs> um, so I didn't go to community college because mm. they were like, yeah, if you don't do well on the math, you have to take a developmental course. And I'm like, I have, do that. I have a 504, like, or a 405, whatever the fuck the like, numbers, dude. What are you talking about? I have like a diagnosed disability okay. from neuropsych testing. Yeah. And I get accommodations. From numbers. Yes. Okay. And it's part of the ADA, and they're not allowed to discriminate. Uh, you're not allowed to ask me about. My, <laughs> you're not about to ask me about my emotional support calculator. Okay, you're legally not allowed to ask me about it. You cannot legally ask me about my emotional support TI eighty four. It's illegal. Anyways, the moral of the story <laughs> is that I had to call my father, uh-huh. who's very well versed in economics and math, because oh he's a doctor. Last night, and be like, "Hey, Dad, can you explain to me what the non-cooperative games are?" Because I just I was reading it, and my brain was just like, "Uh, what the fuck?" It's shut down. I mean, yeah. What is it? So for so for, let me break it down. It's basically a model for bargaining, which established the mathematical principles of game theory which is the branch of mathematics that breaks down the rivalry between people with different goals. In turn, Nash found a way for everyone to benefit. Sounds like socialism. (laughs) Kind of, actually. Okay. So, this is why he won a Nobel Peace Prize, and he also ended up getting a job for the Rand Corporation, which is a very secretive military research group. Yeah. And uh, Michael Rich, the CEO of RAND, says about Nash's employment, quote, At a time when RAND, along with much of America, was grappling with the strategic implications of the new Cold War, John contributed important insights into game theory, which widened and deepened our understanding of mutual deterrence and the nuclear arms race. See, I thought you were going to say he said about Nash's time here and then just you're just going to say the word redacted. <laughs> oh, actually, can we can we do that again? Uh, Michael Rich, the CEO, says about uh, Nash's time at Rand and then just like beep over all yeah, of that. Just beep, just blur it all out. And then like redacted. Put, over re- censored, yeah. <laughs> and then in 1958, while teaching at MIT, Nash, quite frankly, went off the deep end. He would disappear for days and then return with no explanation as to where he could have gone. His lectures became discombobulated and often did not make sense as he would go off on disconnected and long-winded tangents unrelated to the topic or discussion. To be honest... Don't know what that's like. I I had a psychology professor when I went to community college in New York and it took him 35 minutes to take attendance. Oh, jeez. And we used to count the pens in his pocket because they would increase every single time. Uh. <laughs> Um, and then we would only have like 10 minutes for class and Jesus. then he would get mad that no one knew what was going on. So yeah. Tenure, so. <laughs> uh, I had another professor from the actual college I went to and he, there was one time he was like talking about whatever and then suddenly he just froze and like picks his phone up out of his pocket. This is a man in his like 60s, right? And he goes, sorry guys, give me a second. And he starts texting someone and he's like, yeah, you know, Saturday's for the boys. 
And the boys, they want to hang out on Saturday. And if I don't respond to the group chat with the boys, they're going to get real upset. I was like, and then God forbid, he, he stood there texting his friends for like 20 minutes and someone tried to pick up a phone. He's like, no phones in class. He's trying to make plans. Yeah. They want to go out and riz up some cuties. Exactly. You know? Um, Gotta riz up the cuties. Gotta. Shooter's going to shoot. Exactly. Yeah. If you're a shooter, you better know you're a shooter. That was a cum joke that we told on the stream yesterday. Nice. You can cut that out. I'm proud of you. <laughs> to make matters worse, Nash... Sorry. You're good. I'm tired. I'm very tired. Let's go. It's making you funnier, so maybe you should come in uh, It's making me unhinged is what it's doing. It's great. To make matters even worse, Nash was becoming increasingly more paranoid and agitated by the day. These are both precursors and common symptoms for emerging schizophrenia. Oh, neat. Eventually, his wife, colleagues, and students became concerned enough for a psychiatric intervention to take place. In 1959, Nash was admitted to McLean Hospital. Like, girl interrupted. Yeah. Sylvia Plath. Yeah. Yeah. Pig. Yeah. yeah. A lot of famous people went there. What? Oh, I thought you were going to say a lot of famous people were in that movie. Oh, no. Like, a lot of famous people actually went to McLean Hospital, oh. which is part of the Harvard Medical School. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, society I mean, favors the rich. It wasn't a pig. It was a turkey or a chicken or something. I never saw it. Oh, you, I love Winona Ryder, but I never saw it. It's You don't have to. <laughs> he, he was quickly diagnosed with schizophrenia due to his behaviors and growing hallucinations and delusions. They also tried to tell him that he, <laughs> he was crazy because of his repressed homosexuality. That tracks. Yeah. I'm not too sure about that one. No, that was probably the most accurate. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. There are, like, rumors. Have you met gay people? <laughs> no. Unhinged. What's a gay person? Unhinged. Oh. I didn't know that. Unhinged. To be fair, like, joking aside, they use this explanation a lot back in the 1940s and 70s, and yeah. it was a gross misrepresentation of Freud's theory. Is it? Freud was freaky deaky. Freud is right, is what I'm finding out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you ever just like, you know... You can't keep getting away with it. I, I had a friend that told me once that she was having sex with her boyfriend and like mm -hmm. fell asleep and then like woke up and said some celebrity's name, like Freudian slip. That's not Freudian. If she was having sex with her boyfriend and then accidentally called him her dad's name, that's a Freudian slip. But Freudian slips also <laughs> occur when you're like have some sort of suppressed thought about anything. It yeah. doesn't have to just be parental. Yeah. Yeah. Freud was a but freak. Usually. Every single time a girl calls her boyfriend daddy or a boy calls his girlfriend mommy. Yeah, Freud Freud gets a he gets a wing. He gets his wings. No, he the ghost of Sigmund Freud literally gets stronger. Yeah. He's planning He's to take over back. the world. Yeah. He's gonna be back. Yeah, it's not gonna be Jesus. It's no, gonna be it's Sigmund Freud. Freud. Yeah. This needs to be a t shirt. After his treatment in McLean, because mental health treatment was uh, questionable back then. Mm, mostly electric. Yeah. There was a, they did a lot of what we would consider unethical stuff. Mm -hmm. They did a lot of stuff to him. Yeah. Uh, he would have frequent episodes that often required him to be re-hospitalized. He was called the Phantom of Fine Hall because of the behavior he displayed during his episodes, where he would wander the college at all hours of the day and night in a trance-like state and write weird and, as his biography on livingwithschizophreniauk.org explains it, arcane formula on blackboards. Okay. 
It sounds sick. Yeah. I feel like we should, like, put the suicide hotline number at the end of this episode. Every episode, just because. Yeah, just because. So, Nash and Moskvin are not the only prodigious humans to share in the diagnosis of schizophrenia. Mm. For instance, Albert Einstein's son, Edward, and Vincent van Gogh. Highly creative people have also shared in this psychological correlation. Another example, or a few more examples, Sid Barrett, who was one of the creators of Pink Floyd... Brian Wilson, who created the Beach Boys, hmm. surfing in the USA. Yeah, you know. Anyways, he was a That's musician. Not how that goes. What? It's not. You sing it wrong. <laughs> you sing it. Surfing USA. Oh, thanks. Okay, hmm. that one. He was a musician, singer, songwriter, and producer. Uh, Vaslav Nijinsky, who is a famous choreographer and dancer, and Aaron Carter, who recently passed away hmm. due to his struggles. Uh. You're missed. Anyways, there are, however. Many medical and scientific research papers and studies done on the genius mind and its correlation with prolonged mental health disorders like schizophrenia and bipolar, specifically those two. There are no conclusive links, but the stories and evidence are, as always, compelling. It's also important to note that only 10% of homicides are caused by someone with schizophrenia or bipolar, while the number jumps to 33% in regards to mass killings such as serial killers and shooters. Most famously, the son of Sam yeah. was arguably schizophrenic. Yeah, or... Crazy. Pretending. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Okay. David Berkowitz was born in New York in 1953, where he was put up for adoption. He was adopted by the Berkowitz family, which is where he got his last name. And it was very clear from a young age that something was just very, very wrong with him. Yeah. Not only was he setting fire to things, killing animals, and destroying people's property... But he also believed that he was being denied his one true avenue of happiness. Can you guess what it is? Women. Sex. I was going to say pussy. <laughs> Just say it. Say it. Do it. Women. <laughs> pussy. <laughs> After the death of his adoptive mother, his dad remarried and David did not get along with his new mom. When his family moved to Florida to escape the exhaustiveness, and that's like kind of a direct quote, they... The article I read, the few, it described him as exhaustive. Okay, that tracks. Um, that became David. His emotions took another steep turn for the worse. Instead of, you know, being an absolute menace to society, this mm. time he decided to do something about it and enlisted in the army. Oh, God. Okay. When he was 18. During his time in South Korea, he caught an STD from having a fling with a prostitute. And... It's not clear whether there's a correlation to the two, but after three years, he was dishonorably discharged. Mm -hmm. They didn't say that directly, but it was like failed military term, discharged. I mean, a lot of like serial killers that have been in the military always get discharged because yeah. they're ungovernable. They're crazy. You can't, like, they can't fall in line. Yeah. So like that just usually always happens. Like a uh, Dahmer. Yeah. Now at 21, he was living in Yonkers, New York. Fun fact, that's where I got two of my tattoos in Yonkers. Fun. I grew up like 20 minutes from Yonkers. That's a fun name to say. It was the hood. Yonkers. Yonkers. With unresolved trauma over his adoption and mother's death. So he became like increasingly more angry and detached from reality. But that next year in 1975, he would come to find out that his birth mom never actually died in childbirth as he was led to believe. She just didn't want him. Yeah, she just literally was She's like... trying to have a hot girl summer, bro. Yeah. And he tried to meet her, but she had no interest in her son and was distant and cold towards him. 
So this triggered his relentless hatred towards women, and thus the murders began. In 1975, on Christmas Eve, he followed two teenagers with a hunting knife and stabbed them from behind. And I would just like to clarify, we're not going to get into the nitty gritty of... Yeah, because that's like too much. Way too much. The but... gun, the middle parts, the dog. We're going to get into that. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we're, getting into, we're getting into the hallucination part of it. He stabbed them from the back. Mm. Both of these girls survived, but were unable to say who assaulted them. Shortly after this attack, David moved into a new house in Yonkers, but didn't get much sleep. He claims that his next-door neighbor's dog was demonically possessed and kept him up all night howling. I'm sorry. I'm just... You have a dog. Yes. Imagine if your dog could speak to you telepathically, verbally, whatever. It's just... Meow. I want to go outside. Let me out. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Let me out. Walk. We, let me out. It's not like kill them. Kill them all. Honestly, kill my dog no one left. has like, quite the temper. And I think that like what yeah, she... Yeah, you're not letting her out. No, no. She literally would just be like, you're so annoying. Yeah, Stop it, mom. She's not going to tell you to do a murder. Maybe she would. I don't think so. No, My dog not. would just want to go outside so she can bark at people. My dog the other day... Uh, part husky for all of those who aren't aware real small uh yes she's she's tiny girl small girl it's giving felon uh she sat on my lap wasn't touching her and i just go oh who's a good girl freya and she started growling at me i was like bro what you got up here (laughs) but that's just what she does i play a game on a daily basis what is freya mad at me about today that's funny so I think she would commit murder. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe tax fraud, mm-hmm. arson, something mm-hmm. like that. So, um, on July 29th, 1976, he got away with his first murder, which would send him on a 12-month killing spree. By 1977, he had killed six people and injured seven others. All of his victims were having midnight rendezvous in their mm-hmm. car. Sucking and they were fucking. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they were fucking, making out, doing whatever in we're their sucking. car. At night. Which is like, if you ever are like in a relationship and you want to go have like a little rendezvous in your car, don't mm. do it. You'll get murdered. Oh, I was going to say, just find a parking garage. Like literally every, to the top of it. every episode of Criminal Minds ever is a yeah. couple in the car having sex. Yeah. Well, it hasn't killed me yet, so. I would love to survive so I can meet Matthew Gray Goopler. Anyways, that was really fucked up of me to say. I love Matthew Gray Goopler. I, I, you know, you didn't have to say that. I intuited that about you. Really? Yeah. It's your vibe. I feel like that's like a uh, kind of an insult. No, it's like how when people talk to me, they're like, oh, I can tell you were on Tumblr in your formative years. Yeah. Yeah. True. Fair. I, I was going to say MySpace, but. No, I was never on MySpace. Really? No, just Tumblr. I love Tumblr. I wasn't on it, but I love it. <sighs> Good times. R.I.P. <laughs> In April, he started writing taunting letters to the police department and dubbed himself the Son of Sam. This came to be known as his satanic alias. He was finally arrested that July and told the police officer who nabbed him that a man who had lived 6,000 years ago named Sam was talking to him through his neighbor's dog. Sure. Uh, The very same black lab who David believed to be possessed. Vaguely racist. A little bit. And bit. funny enough, the owner's name was Sam oh. of the dog. So, like, there's some... Yeah. Ah. Dog is... That's his son. That's his little baby. Yeah, this is baby. little baby boy. Yeah. 
They're actually pictures of Sam, of not Sam. Yeah, Sam and the dog. Both. Yeah. Yeah. The dog's famous now. Yeah. I've seen the dog. We've all seen the dog. Yeah. We've all seen the dog. Cute picture of the dog. He said that the dog ordered him to kill people. Mm. When the police searched his home, they found disturbing and manic writings sprawled along his wall. It was all described as satanic. They also found journals that had a detailed description of his life and crimes. Listen, if you're a criminal and you're not trying to get caught, mm. don't keep journals. Terrible OPSEC. Yeah. You're never like... Horrendous OPSEC. Yeah. And he's tried to get parole like over 16 times and gets denied every time because he literally wrote down his entire fucking life. Yeah, he made a blueprint. So he's now, um, he now calls himself the son of hope in prison and he's like super religious and like helps the other inmates find Jesus or whatever. Okay. That's that's what I assumed. I didn't care enough. He's a serial killer. I didn't really want to like know about his life now. He mm-hmm. should be suffering, not feeling hope. No. I don't know. He's been denied parole and he has since then said that there was no 6,000 year old spirit. But. No <laughs> shit. His, his, yeah, obviously, but I still think that there is some schizophrenia going on there because mm. it's the behavior, it's the manic writing on his walls, like, but God, that's fucked up. <laughs> so now that we have some more information on points that relate to Anatoly's case, I think it's time to discuss what exactly could be going on in his mind. So I have a few questions for you. Okay. As my favorite co-host ever okay your only co-host yeah exactly so what is the probability do you think of him turning into a murderer like would he have turned to murder if he was not caught i mean probably yeah i don't think if he, i think if he didn't have access to bodies he definitely would have escalated yeah yeah feels i like, feels like everything else feels like it was an escalation towards this so yeah I honestly, I think that it could have gotten more dangerous and harmful to society. I don't know if I think he would have killed people, but I think his behaviors would have gotten more violent and bad. So, obviously he was diagnosed with schizophrenia by an official psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. But, like, based on all of this... Do you think that there could be, like, a little bit of both going on? Or, like, do you think he imagined everything? I mean, who fucking knows? Yeah. Who even knows other people perceive the world? You know what I'm saying? We don't even know if we see the color blue as the same color blue. It could look, like, red to you. I don't fucking know. I I think that, um, I think there could be truth on both sides. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to jump to either scenario because like you just said we don't know yeah we don't know what's going on in his mind we don't know what happened on that funeral we don't know like if any of it is real that he's Mm -hmm. telling us right because this is all like a written memoir that he gave the press right but there's definitely no ghost but like you know that's because you don't want there to be well no that's because there isn't but like (laughs) um oh outside of the ghost part i feel like it, it just feels like he probably just is not well yeah He's unwell. He's very unwell. Um, the thing that I really, really wanted to be able to find is Natasha's grave. Mm-hmm. But obviously, we're not in Russia. And no. obviously, Russia does not keep... You can't go to Russia right now, really. Yeah, it's really dangerous. Something's happening. I don't know what. It's a war. Yeah. War is happening. War. War is, yeah. Yet again. 
It's Russia's fault. It's not a cold war though. It's like an it's it's not a proxy war either. It's just like a normal. Like it's they're the doing a normal one. Blowing up nuclear reactors in Ukraine and trying to literally end the world war. Yeah, it's sort of like a normal one. I I'm just mutually assured destruction. That's why we have not had a nuclear fallout. Yeah. 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 Um, but this is really going to be like the last episode when it comes to going through facts and everything. Next episode, we're just going to be recapping and talking about what we learned, what we think. We're going to be answering questions from our listeners. Mm. We're going to have Marcos here mm. to join us. Da, 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 da. We get a third chair. Is that possible? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Sweet. Maybe we'll give him the producer chair. Yeah. Like paint stupid producer face no, on I'll it. I'll put really good producer who has to produce all these face. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I think there's a very interesting correlation between genius and mental health struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the higher your IQ, the more, the higher the probability that you will experience some sort of mental health issue. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I think we we really touched on what was important when it comes to the psychology behind everything that happened. Mm-hmm. And I do believe, because I am one of them, that there are people out there who can communicate with the dead, just like necromancers and spiritualists. But, you know, jury's out if Anatoly was one of them. And, of course, you guys are going to give us your opinions and we're going to read them and we're going to discuss it next time. We did talk about a lot of instances where mediums were able to, like, ghosts were able to solve their own murders, Mm -hmm. a medium was able to solve a murder, and... I think that there's, like, pretty compelling evidence on both sides. So, without further ado, this is crazy that we're on the second to last episode. Like... The penultimate. Yeah. This is this is wild, because next episode, it's literally just talking and discussing, and this has been such a long, long journey to get <laughs> where we are. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have no idea. You've dyed your hair, like, four times. I have. I've been... I'm... Listen... My hair color is harder to keep up with than the Kardashians. Okay. Anyways. Close this out. (laughs) Let's let's wrap up. Let's, I guess, almost permanently close the case file on Anatoly Moskvin and talk about it next time. Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. I, I think that this has been a really good season and I'm excited for you guys to get immersed in season two, where we're going to talk about Stephen Kubaki, the man who disappeared in the Michigan Triangle and was gone, like presumed dead for 15 months, and then reappeared in Massachusetts. Huh, okay. With no recollection of the time he was gone. Cool. So that's going to be a fun season. We're going to talk a lot about aliens, about mysterious disappearances, about government experiments, stuff like that. So there will be true crime, but there will be a lot more esoteric knowledge that we will give you guys. Can you consider aliens esoteric? I don't know what that word means. Me neither. (laughs) All right, guys, it's time to close the case file for the second to last time on season one, Anatoly Moskvin. Join us back next time and don't forget to follow us on Instagram, haunted.detective, to see fun clips and ask us questions that we can answer in the season finale. Bye. Bye.